people in your presence as we study your word. As we go through this and we think back on the issues that the Corinthian church had, help us to appreciate your will and your character more and more. Lord, you are love and you show us your love through your son Jesus. Help us to love as you love. Be with us with all of our classes that we may grow to be more like you. Amen. Uh, let's see. Ryan, I feel like I'm a little hot. I don't know if uh, anybody else is feeling that. Uh, let's um, have a reader tonight. Could I get a lady to uh, read this chapter to be comfortable uh, reading 1 Corinthians chapter 8? Is anybody uh, willing to do that? Get, uh, Mary? Yeah, let's. Uh, what version are you reading from? New King James. New King James, okay. Let's uh, just read the whole first, uh, um, well, 1 through 13, so the whole chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by them. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we are all things, and through whom we live. However, there is none in everyone that much. For some, with consciousness of the idol, until now, even as if they offered to a idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, or if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat from those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge, Shall we, brother, perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never give unless I make my brother stumble. All right, thank you so much. All right, this is kind of an interesting topic. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of parallels directly with meat sacrifice to idols. Um, but I think there's some principles that uh, are laid down that are, um, I think, important for us to differentiate. It's so interesting in the New Testament how <laughs> both Jesus, Paul, uh, any of the teachings don't just come out and just say, here's the way to do it. There is principles laid down for us to kind of look at it. And I think this question might have been more easily answered if Paul would have just said, okay, yeah, here's the right thing to do, and moves on. But he doesn't do that. He kind of takes a step back. He says, let's look at this issue and see what the principles are in this. I uh, saw this title just calling chapter 8 the art of love. That idea of 
how are we putting other people in front of ourselves? How are we loving each other? And there is an art to that. It is not just a, a simple thing. It's not an easy thing. Love is not easy. It takes work. It takes understanding of each other. It takes a compassion for each other. It takes knowing that other person to love them. And I think that's what Paul's getting at here in that. Because there's two ways to learn. One, I just give you the facts and you learn those facts. Or you learn the principles laid down and you can apply that to all situations. And I think that's what Paul is doing here. He is laying down these principles of how to love one another in this um, seeming question that the Corinthians are bringing up. He uses this phrase again, uh, now concerning. And and we have seen that before back in chapter 7. We will see that again. He, He... Almost, there, there seems to be some correspondence that we're just not privy to, that there seems to have been a previous letter that they have written, and now Paul is responding to some of those issues. And so it's, it's hard to get that one-sided conversation, but that's kind of what Paul is doing. And so he, he picks up in verse 1, it, it seems like a, a kind of a new topic that he's going to talk through 8, 9, and 10, kind of all of us together in this idea of loving. But he says, now concerning things sacrificed to idols. And he says, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. And I'm not sure if this is something that they wrote down, this idea of because we don't have quotation marks in the, the original language. I don't know if we know that there in verse 1. We know that we have all knowledge. I'm not really sure if that's Paul's stance or if that's the Corinthian stance. You could probably go either way with that because we just don't really have a good idea. But either way, he's saying, all right. So, we have this situation where we have meat, and meat was pretty scarce back in those times. It was not like they could just go to Kroger, couldn't go to Walmart, couldn't go to a butcher. Most of the time, meat was associated with this idol worship, that when people brought a sacrifice... You know, they they figured out, hey, if they're bringing a sacrifice, there's some for the uh, priests and some left over that we can divvy up and make some money here on the sacrifices that people were bringing. And so uh, that idea of having excess protein uh, is fairly uncommon. So this meat sacrifice to idols oftentimes was where you went and got your sustenance. Um, now, now, I'll just leave it there. So we have this situation where some people were closely associated with that, were in an idolatrous position prior to becoming a Christian. And so they were going, okay, this still feels 
wrong. And some people are saying, yeah, it's, idols are nothing. There's really nothing there for us to worry about. I can just go and participate, buy that meat because that's where you bought meat. And so you had this dichotomy of one group, again, these divisions that we've been talking about. Uh, I don't know how many sections that the Corinthians had. You know, there must have been 20 different sections. There was a group here, a group there, a group there, a group there. But again, here's another division that we have is this um, meat sacrifice to idol people. The, the people who are having an issue with the idea, one, of them participating in that. And two, that they're seeing another group that are in the temple eating this meat, and it is making them question whether or not that they should do the same thing. And so Paul's going to work through this system of analyzing what I choose to be right or wrong and how that affects you in what your decisions are. I think that's interesting. So anyway, he says, verse 1, um, Now things concerning sacrifice idols, we know that we have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. All right, so the first question I threw up here, I kind of want to just look at both sides of this. Um, Knowledge. What are the benefits of knowledge? What are the problems of knowledge? Because I think it's important for us to lay this foundation as we're looking at any topic. How does knowledge help us? And what are the pitfalls of knowledge? Thoughts on that? Bob already uh, told me his answer. So, yeah, let's start with that. Okay. Uh, the answer to both of those questions in the proper order is having it and forgetting it. Okay. Uh, yes. The real thing that we're seeing here is actually both of them have a truth. Okay. There's nothing wrong with eating meats. And if you think it's associated with idols, you should. There's nothing wrong with not. And so here's the issue. Knowledge can cause us to look at everything from that direction, and we may not have all of the knowledge that we need. Okay, so knowledge is limited. Um, The more that you learn, the more that you realize you don't know. Uh, honestly, I mean, the older that you get, I think when I was younger, it's like, I got it all figured out. Like, I know all the issues, and I, I've got to... And the older you get, you go, oh, wow, how arrogant was I? I don't know anything. The more that you study in any topic, whether it's historical or financial or any of those things, knowledge is never complete. You never know all that there is to know. It you just becomes more of a... Uh, it just keeps opening up into different areas, and you go, man, I, I don't know hardly anything. Jen? Um, I have a note here about a Bible Nexus or someone who said it, but knowledge of arrogance makes us feel important, <clears throat> but knowledge of love strengthens others. Say that last part again. Knowledge of love strengthens 
Strengthens others. Okay, yeah. So knowledge has a problem is that it makes us arrogant. It, it can make it seem like I know everything. You don't know anything. It becomes a pride standpoint where I have invested a lot of time into studying a particular topic and I'm pretty versed on where to go to prove or disprove um, any particular point. Carrie? One of the benefits of knowledge is if you don't have knowledge, you don't know how to live. Okay. Uh, you don't know what to do. You may not live it, but you have to have some knowledge. Yeah, so just being ignorant is not the answer. Just saying, you know what, I don't, I don't want to know, don't tell me anything, I'm not looking for any additional input from anybody else or any other sources. That is not the, the goal. The, the goal is to learn and to uh, grow in our faith. But just being ignorant where I don't know anything, that isn't the overall goal. So there, there is a balance that we have to uh, navigate there. Uh, Misha. You know, in teaching, um, I had a class in college, it was, it was training methods. And you always have to know where you are, you have to know where you're going, and then you build a bridge from one to the other. You have to take where people are, because if you're building bridges to where you want to go, and they're not learning from that, they're never going to learn. You have to know where people are where they should be, and then you help them get there. But that takes a lot of skill to navigate all three parts of that to help someone learn. Um, we go, who we got? Yeah, Stephanie. Going right along with that, I was going to say the, the key to whether it's beneficial or problematic is relationship. So I feel like that's just another way to say what you said. Yes. Yeah, you know, that uh, you often hear people just going on and on and going, I think this and I think this. And it's like, you know, that, that's not a great way to help someone learn. It's like, let's, let's have some facts here instead of going, yeah, I feel like this and I feel like this and here's my opinion. And it's like it's not based upon anything. And it, uh, there's some of that. So knowledge is important for us to establish certain things, and that's part of it as well. Chris? It is. But didn't we elevate the knowledge above the love? And I think that's exactly what Paul's saying here. So when we get all this knowledge and then we start worshiping the knowledge yes. and not the broader That's right, you know, because in Proverbs, you know, knowledge is what? The beginning of wisdom. I mean, it is the starting point of learning how to use that. It is not the end of itself. There is a um, aspect to knowledge that book learning, it just, it's only going to get you so far. 
But until you start applying those things, you begin to equip yourself with wisdom, then it becomes important. And so, yes, it, there is that um, evolution of learning something, figuring out what that means. Mitch? Yeah, Yeah, it, it puffs up. You know, there was a couple couple ways that I thought of puffing up. I mean, you have this image of a, uh, a dead cow. Um, that type of puffing up is not good. You know, it's, it indicates a problem. It indicates, uh, you know, um, something is swollen in your arm. I mean, it's all puffed up. It, it hurts because there's infection in it. There's something wrong. Uh, you know, you get the, the puffer fish, you know, kind of the, boom, you, you just see that, you know, finding Nemo, yeah. It just, that imagery, again, not a great idea that, uh, uh, I know it all. I've, I've written articles on this. I've gotten books written on this. I know all the answers. And you become, I mean, we call it a big head for the same reason. You, you have a big head because... You think you know everything there is on a particular topic or subject. And I, it, it isn't, that isn't helpful. How does that help anyone that you have your doctorate in a certain topic? I don't know. Alan? I wanted to share a prophet's reference in Romans 15, 14. He says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. <coughs> Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. It is. That is the end goal, is to help each other, not just go, eh, I'm the expert. You have any questions, you come to me, right? I don't ever, well, no no one will ever say that about me, but that is not my goal ever, is to be the expert on anything. So, uh, rest assured, don't worry about that. So, Craig? Talking about, I was looking at watching this um, 
archaeological findings, and they were saying how a lot of the uh, um, temples, to idol temples, were, yeah, they had the prostitutes and the temple prostitutes, and they went, that's when he was dealing with the sexual immorality and where this leads. And I, it, it, this is more like, to me, that he's saying, now we all have, you have the knowledge, because those temples were right by the market square, and the meat would go out into the market square when they were done with it. And you, you know what they're doing up there, you know, but. If you eat the meat, you eat the meat. If you feel like it's wrong, you feel like it's wrong. But here's the bottom line. If anyone loves God, he's known by God. That's the knowledge that you need. And that is the knowledge that will complete you. It doesn't really have much to do with this food that's being offered up and where it comes from. If you, you, you're smart enough to know where it comes from. And maybe if you didn't eat it or don't eat it. That wasn't really the concern of Paul. The concern was that they were getting puffed up about it and being better than ever instead of showing love and trying Mm -hmm. to bring people to to God through their love. So I think that the context is more limited than just knowledge of everything because when you go through, you know we have to have knowledge of some things. But I just don't think that's the context he's talking about, right? Yes, but again, they have this superiority complex where they're saying, well, we know, we, we got all this all figured out. And that may or may not be the issue. Yeah, Chris? Hey, uh, to me, it seems like uh, he's using this, whether they asked him in a previous letter, uh, what about this Yes. Yeah, he's going to deal with this for a while. He's, uh, this is one point out of many that he's going to hit. And so intellectualism, this big-headedness, seeks to tear down those of inferior knowledge in order to inflate yourself. It is the opposite of love. It is pushing someone else down to show how big you are instead of elevating them to help them out. I think it's important. Um, And just because a person has something analyzed logically, scientifically, and judiciously does not mean that he is prepared on that basis alone to make an ethical decision about another man's salvation or standing before God. So basically, best practices without love is wrong. It goes back to that why not be defrauded argument that he's already made to go, yeah, you're right, but why, why not, instead of judging outside and inside, why not just say, you know what, you win. I'm putting you first. It's that same argumentation in this situation. Micah? Isn't it great that our God does not attribute to himself that intellectual? He does push us to him. Yeah. Um, his defining character 
God is love. And so it's, it's not that he doesn't know. He knows all things. But how does he act on that? He builds us up. Great point. I, I think that's you know where he's going in verse three. You know, if anyone loves God, he is known by him. God is interested in knowing those that love him, and and not just the other way around. And so this principle, again, we know that this is uh, the greatest one of the greatest commandments. You know, Matthew twenty-two. You know, um, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Again, I think the, the gospel is laying down this principle where whether you're right, whether they're right, what the most important thing is loving each other. And so I think it's important for us to kind of look um, of this concept where he's saying, okay, Let's deal with the, the weaker brother. I just wanted to kind of list this out so we can kind of see what's going on here. This non-eater, the person who sees you in the temple or has chosen not to eat this meat, again, is termed as weak. I'm not, I'm not calling these out. This is what Paul's saying, um, that there is a lack of knowledge, that their faith is immature, it's possible they just came out of this situation where they've been in an idolatrous relationship with the food and the sex and all of that, and they've come out of that, that we're leading, you're just saying, well, you know, that's, that's nothing. So they're suspicious that there still has this feeling of idols, you know, there's something to that, possibly, and the logic may or may not be there for those that are dealing with this issue. And on the other side, you have this group who are the eaters who are like, look, we feel strong, we've made up our minds on this, we know what we're talking about, we feel mature, we're far removed from the situation, we're sure about ourselves, idols are nothing. This is logical. Paul makes an argumentation that backs up their conclusions. But the problem is, love is greater than knowledge. Love is more important than the issue itself. He is not going to address the issue. He is not going to say, yes, you're right, and here we go. How are we going to answer this question? He says, I want you to love each other. I want that to become the overriding principle in this decision making. And it's not even to change their minds, which is interesting. It's to yield to their conscience. Paul didn't start convincing people that meat eating in this situation is okay. And that's hard for us to swallow sometimes because we want the black and white. We want the, what's the rule? How do we define this is right, this is wrong? Where's the line, Paul? And he's like, yield. Love is greater than knowledge. And I think that's important because he's going to continue. I mean, we're going to get to chapter 13, right? I mean, the, the whole point is 
putting each other above our own thoughts and knowledge. Uh, Alan, no, oh, Ryan. Yep. Yep. It's frustrating for us, too, because we want the answer. We want to know what's right, what's wrong. And that, it's, uh, it's part of that, Chris. So I'm not sure that I see that today in our church. <laughs> I mean, I don't see the situation ever occurring in the church today because we have knowledge about the food. And I can't think of another situation where we would say that. We demand that everyone come to the same conclusion that we do on every subject. There's no love in that. But Paul specifically say that love is more important than finding out the exact rule and how to do that. I mean, there's... <laughs> it doesn't seem to be a question that he even says, but this knowledge is not shared by all. Can you think of any other situation where we would be okay with that? our knowledge. We, we love to make sure that everybody in this room has the same opinion, everybody in this county has the same opinion, everybody in this state has the same opinion, and everybody in this country has the same opinion, and we all follow the same, here's, here's the law, and drive it home. And if you fall outside of that, then go to hell. Yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough, Paul. And we start forcing them to do something 
that they're not ready to do, where's the love of them? And, and that's a big distinction with this passage versus Romans 14, where we're, we're, I don't think these are equal. This is someone, like Bob said, this is someone who is struggling with something, that has dealt with something, who's come out of something, and you're kind of just going, eh, it's no big deal. Come on, it's, it's okay. He, I've made up my mind on this. You should too. And I think that's an important distinction as we're looking at this, that we need to make sure that we're yielding to their conscience. And that's what he's talking about. We're going to talk about specifics. Uh, Jesse. Good point. So let's look at, <laughs> so meat eating is probably, I won't speak for everybody, probably not an issue that you're having. I'll just, it's not one I'm having. But how can this issue, how can we become a stumbling block in this situation to others? So um, let me prime the pump a little bit. Um, Holidays. We have a lot of holidays that we like to celebrate, uh, whether it be Halloween, whether it be Christmas, uh, and things that are associated with that. Um, we can, you know, Halloween, for instance. I mean, again, we we kind of look at that as uh, just a fun, innocent thing. But for some, that is a pretty serious. Um, situation where they just don't feel comfortable with the paganism, the different things. They may be struggling with something that I have no idea about. You know, if I have a Halloween party and invite, you know, a whole bunch of people over, there may be somebody there that just has an issue with those types of things. And so, you know, what is my response to that? Am I going, okay, look, here's Here's where it started in 1624, blah, 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 and, you know, and it's not a big thing anymore, and this is just kind of a fun thing. Or do I go, okay, you know, maybe we kind of package that differently and, and not push our agendas there. Versus the same way. I mean, good grief. We could, uh, I'm sure in this room there are myriads of different viewpoints, and um, how are we preferring one another in that situation? Um, I don't know. Give me some of your ideas so we can kind of fill in uh, some of those. How do we do that today? Chris, you got an idea? Oh, no microphone. <laughs> I'll come back to you, Josh. Okay. 
All right. I think that's important. Yeah, Chris. So if the question was asked, what about people eating meat sacrificed to idols? Um, I think the answer is it's really not about that. It, it, that is a, uh, that's just one thing that we can file under liberties. And uh, here's how we contrast that with the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is completely inflexible. That is not something that God will reflect on. And I think that's what's so important about this kind of topic is that idea that it is, um, we're not limited to, here's every little detail and every little thing, the 600 and how many laws that the Jewish had to keep. And I think that's a, a big portion of that. Jesse? And I, I think that takes relationship. It takes knowing you and knowing and you telling me what is on your mind. It, it, it is an intimate combination instead of a, a huge doctrinal creed that we have that we have to follow. It's how does this affect you and you letting me know and coming to an agreement on that. Emery. Uh, So let me just read a few more of these uh, intimacy lines. So like, you know, is kissing okay before marriage? There's different viewpoints on that, right? How do we interact with the opposite sex? There are some differences there. Um, entertainment. You know, uh, my great-grandmother would not allow playing cards in the house because that's associated with gambling. And so dice were okay, but playing cards weren't, okay? I don't know. That's where she was on that issue. 
Um, fantasy football. Man, if you're dealing with um, someone who's had a gambling addiction, asking him to be a part of your fantasy football league is probably not going to help out with that situation because he's now super focused on sporting things and, and the tendency to go back into those things are great. I think we got to be really careful with that. Same thing with um, March Madness. I mean, that it's hugely gambled upon. And, you know, it's like, so we, we got to be careful with those types of things that were, oh, we're just doing it in fun. We're having, you know, you just pick the games and um, have bragging rights. But, well, I don't know. Is that, is that something that you're dealing with that I don't even know about? Um, alcohol consumption. Um, you know, there's cult cultural uh, situations, different places in the world that, you know, I've gone to Italy before, you know, that's it's just part of the meals of drinking wine, you know, and I remember all the controversy of preachers going over to Italy and are they drinking wine or not drinking wine, blah, blah, blah. It, there's issues with that. I don't know your situation. I don't know if you've had a, a drinking problem or um, have dealt with those things. Am I dealing with those in a yielding perspective. Uh, food. Um, you know, I'm diabetic. You know, have, bring me a big piece of pie. You know, it doesn't really help me with those types of things. Uh, you know, I remember uh, the show The Biggest Loser, right? They, they came home from The Biggest Loser, and what did they have at the party? They had cake and ice cream, right? It's like, what are you doing? You're, you're not helping that person. You're not setting them up. You're just causing them to crave those things that they've been trying to get out of their life. Again, the, how do we deal with certain things and knowing the other person, what's best for them? Modesty, good grief. We could go uh, down a whole different road. You know, does, does it have to be here, 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 all the way down? I mean, I, I, what is modest? You know, where's Where's the sleeve line? Where's the neckline? We could, we all have a different opinion on that. Um, how are we yielding to their particular issues? You know, if they've dealt with pornography, I'm probably not going to ask you to come over and watch Survivor. Um, it's just, it's not helping, right? We can go on and on of these ways that we can become stumbling blocks when we're dealing with a weaker brother. Not just a difference of an opinion. We don't all have to be in agreement with these things. And so we've got to look and have connection. We've got to have a relationship. Sorry, I know I've overlooked a few hands. Mitch? I was just going to add a couple more. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. how, how, how can you purchase their products? <laughs> okay, yep. Right.
Yeah, uh, Jen. Um, I just continue to remember that we're supposed to be a safe place. For okay, people. all right. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, I think that's important. Um, so again, this, this Christian liberty does not allow us to start drawing lines, go, well, I, I figured it all out, I know what the thing is, and you need to do what I do. Whenever we get to the point where, where we're saying, oh, come on, it's no big deal, we need to be real careful of what it is that we're attempting to bring someone to. Luke. I think we lost our mic. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've got to look at those things carefully. The final verse, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Are we willing to have the courage to stop if it means that much? And that's a challenge. He's saying, I don't have a problem with it either, so I need to say to them, but he's like, I am more worried about how this affects someone else than my own liberties. That's a challenge to me. Um, verse 11, too, you know, uh, that through your knowledge, he who is weak is ruined, the brother for whose sake Christ died. He's saying, if Jesus is willing to give up his life for this person, are you not willing to give up your little issue, this meat-eating or whatever it is? Christ died for them. How are we going to go, I know, I know what's right. I've studied it. I've gone to lectureships on this. Here's book, chapter, verse. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please, I'm sorry. I just recently um, had a conversation with my daughter who's now pregnant, and she said something, um, she was noticing something different about Avon. She goes, Mom, women can pants. And I go, What are you talking about? She said, Do you remember in Wichita? Yeah. Me growing up, like, we always had to wear skirts and dresses. Wasn't that a Church of Christ thing? I go, No, honey. That was because there was a member there that we loved who. And we haven't gotten into it. We didn't have quite enough time talking about the, you know, do you think a Christian should just give up any right he has because another Christian thinks it's sinful? That, that's a different topic. 
And maybe we'll pick that up, I don't know, um, because I don't think that's what this is talking about, that we just become the lowest common denominator to go, okay, pants versus dress. Who has a problem with, oh, somebody has a problem with that, we're not going to do that. Uh, singing with books or just from memory, oh, well, somebody has a problem with that, we're not going to do that. It is not that type of an issue. We're just nixing out anything, anybody, yeah, kind of, I don't know. That isn't what Paul is addressing here. Difference of opinion is different than a weaker brother. And I think that's an important distinction. Paul is going to talk more about this, but this topic in and of itself is not dealing with that. So I apologize we couldn't get to everybody's comments there. Uh, but we will uh, maybe pick up one of those uh, questions and then look on into uh, chapter 9 on Sunday. Thank you guys. Appreciate your comments.